everyone, you're listening to Save Me an Isle Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiast, Amber. Hello. Also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Hello. And on this week's episode, we are having a Matsicle episode. Do-do-do. Yay. The name always sounds so weird. <laughs> yes. That's why we do it. <laughs> I like it. So yeah, we are, well, I guess we, not, not we, I, uh, I'm going to be going over the show Curtains. Woo! Which, yeah, if you're not familiar with it, Curtains is a mystery comedy musical. Comedy being kind of the main thing of my shows, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so a little bit of background information on it. The book was done by uh, Rupert Holmes, lyrics by Fred Ebb, and music by John Kander. The show is based off the original book and concept of the same name by Peter Stone. Peter Stone died April 2003 and left Aww. the book unfinished. Aww. And Holmes was hired to rewrite it. Ebb also died before the musical was complete. So oh. there's just a lot of death around this murder mystery. Okay. That's suspicious. But was not of malicious <laughs> intent. It was just So far as we know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Jerry might still be out on that one. Who knows? Curtains had its world premiere on July 25th, 2006 at the Amanson Theater in Los Angeles. Local reviews were mixed but not discouraging, and producers decided to transfer the show to Broadway with some minor alterations. The production, directed by Scott Ellis and choreographed by Rob Ashford, opened on Broadway March 22nd, 2007 at the Al Hirschfeld Theater. The show closed June 29th, 2008 after 511 performances. Hmm. The musical uh, garnered eight Tony Award nominations with Hyde Pierce winning the award for Best Performance by a Leading Actor. Hmm. I mean, he's great, so... Yes, uh, he's definitely had a lot of fun on this show. Yes, and you may recognize his name from when we covered Spamalot, mm-hmm. because I believe he played Robin in that. Uh, yes, Sir Robin and others. And others. <laughs> but yeah, no, this show is very goofy take on a murder mystery that is taking place about a show within a show. So I will kind of preface this. There's going to be a lot of names and it's going to be kind of... Hard to follow, but the main story is oh, all right, and <laughs> kind of. Well, we'll we'll just go along as we try and figure it out, okay? Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, we we ready to hop on into Act One. Let's do it. Alrighty, our show begins, and it's 1959 at the Colonial Theater in Boston. There's a new musical reaching its conclusion called Robin Hood. And it's a Western version of Robin Hood. Ah. So yeah, Wild West mixed with Robin Hood. That's weird. I mean, sure. (laughs) Madam Marion, played by the diva Jessica Crenshaw, uh, looks on as Robin Hood, played by Bobby Pepper, wins a sharpshooting contest and proposes to Miss Nancy, a schoolmarm, played by Nikki Harris. Yeah, it's it's confusing because it's double character information. Right. Bear with. But yeah, after the contest, the cast begins to sing the finale, and it's clear that Jessica can't sing, dance, or even act. Oh. And the song, Wide Open Spaces. So (laughs) she's terrible. Cool. (laughs) But she's the the, the lead female. That, that, what? Uh, Yeah, so after the performance, she takes a bow, and after receiving two bouquets, she collapses. Oops. Later that night... 
Carmen Bernstein, the show's co-producer, and divorce songwriter team Aaron Fox and Georgia Hendricks, and show financial backer Oscar uh, Shapiro read the recent reviews of the show. They're all terrible, including a review from the Boston Globe, which is pretty much needed to be good in order for shows to make it into Broadway, so they're all kind of panicking. Oh, boy. The crew uh, all kind of gather around and listen to the reviews, and they wonder how anyone could be so heartless to become a critic. And the song, What Kind of Man? <laughs> and it's funny because the song kind of towards the end turns around when they read a good review, and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, what a beautiful person left this great <laughs> review for us. <laughs> the show's English director, Christopher Belling, arrives and has an idea on how to save the show after walking into a church, he kind of had his epiphany for a moment. But just then, the stage manager, Johnny Harmon, tells Carmen that uh, there's a call for what she assumes is her philandering husband, Sydney. Okay. So she leaves to go answer that call. Aaron and Georgia argue uh, about the reason she ended up joining this show and being one of the songwriters. He believes that she's only there to rekindle her old romance flame with the lead man, Bobby. Ooh. Drama. Belling asks Georgia to sing Maiden Marian's opening number, and to everyone's surprise, she actually nails it. So this is kind oh. of all part of his epiphany moment to kind of change up who might be the lead. Hmm. And then it's clear that while she's singing this song, she's thinking of her marriage with Aaron throughout it, and just when Aaron begins to kind of step up and sing with her, Bobby kind of cuts him off and Finishes the song with her. The song, Thinking of Him. Oh. So there's some love, lover's quarrel going on here. So after this performance, Belling then announces his plan to the rest of the cast. He is replacing Jessica. Bah, bah, bah. Nobody would have guessed that coming. <laughs> no, right. she's terrible. Nikki steps forward uh, and claims that she would feel just absolutely terrible for taking over. But Belling states that Georgia is actually going to be taking the role. Nikki thought, uh, since she was kind of the next prominent uh, female on the cast, that she would be getting the new lead role, but tis not the case. Bambi Bernstein, the show's featured dancer, steps forward and says that Nikki deserves this role. She's been working so hard. But Belling sees through this plan for Bambi is Nikki's understudy, so therefore she Uh would get a bump in her position. Yep. Sneaky. So uh, he's like, "Uh, no, no, no. While this arguing goes on, Carmen re-enters the room after taking the phone call and tells everyone that Jessica has died. It was actually a call from the hospital. Dun-dun-dun. Cass holds a brief ceremony for her, and it's clear that no one really liked her anyways. In the song, The Woman's Dead. Oops. Most of the females are like, uh, she can't, she couldn't sing, she couldn't act, and she was just a pair of tits. (laughs) Later. (laughs) Alright. Oops. Which, I mean, I guess is true. Uh, sure. We are introduced to Lieutenant Frank Chaffee of the Boston Police Department, uh, and he is now on the case of Jessica's death. On the case. The autopsy revealed that she was actually poisoned, and that this is now a homicide case, and Uh-oh. everyone's a suspect. Uh-oh. Of course. Bah, bah, bah. Bah. Yeah, and Frank asks Billing to finish up this cast meeting so he can begin questioning. The ensemble tries to leave, saying that they quit. They don't want to deal with this show anymore. This woman's dead. It's bad anyway. (laughs) But Carmen tries to convince them all that the show must go on. And then it turns out Frank 
an amateur performer herself, is actually very invested in the show continuing. Oh. And uh, convinces them to do the show and helps them realize how lucky they are to be actors and actresses. And the song, Show People. Also, I just want to pop in and say it's really funny to me that he he is this character in the show because in Spamalot, he was also trying to convince, like, King Arthur that he couldn't be on Broadway because show people are a specific kind of people. And <laughs> that's hilarious to me. It is very funny. And the song <laughs> is very, like, tongue-in-cheeky. Yes. About how show people are. So yes. it, it's, a, it's a pretty fun number. So Carmen decides that uh, she's going to treat everyone to drinks at the local bar. But Frank thinks that Jessica's murder was done by somebody in the company. And he enforces a lockdown. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. Got him. And at this time, Sidney, who's the philandering husband, finally arrives and Frank is suspicious of him. Suspicious. Just because... He doesn't like him. Fair. Sydney claims to have been with a certain woman, but won't give up a name, because that's what you do when the police question you. I refuse. So after everybody kind of clears out, Frank is uh, kind of left alone with Nikki and is kind of struck by her charm. He confides in her about the investigation in his lonely life of practically being married to the job in the song Coffee Shop Nights. Um, and she seems to return his affection, and he hopes that she's not the murderer. <laughs> I also, too, hope that the girl I'm crushing on isn't a murderer. That's fair. You know, usually. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty <laughs> fair. So, the next day, with everybody still in lockdown, I guess there's nothing better to do than work on the show. Sure. Georgia is attempting to learn a dance for the show, but is kind of failing miserably. Dale Grady, the critic who wrote the terrible review from the from the Globe... Uh, arrives at the theater. Frank is obviously confused as to how he got into the place. Daryl points out that as a member of the press, he's exempt from building quarantines. No, no, no. That's not correct. <laughs> yeah, he's he's weird. Carmen and Sydney had called him in to request a re-review of the show, since George is now going to be uh, the lead, and they are wanting to Get a good one posted so that way they can, you know, continue on to Broadway. But he he does agree to re-review the show, but it has to be on the following night. Bum, bum, bum. They oh, have very okay. little time to prepare. That's, yeah, super not cool, but whatever. Bobby, Belly, and Georgia are enraged that they have such little time to prepare for the review, understandably. Yeah. Uh, and Belling begins to work on re-staging uh, a difficult production number featuring Nikki, Georgia, and Bambi in the song In the Same Boat. So it's just a weird song about three girls traveling down the river and kind of taking all their bad luck on the chin and trying to stay upbeat. And we'll see that song show up multiple times throughout <laughs> the show. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Frank, while doing this investigation, is also happily kind of watching all of these numbers, and he suggests the song might actually need to be rewritten, and Aaron kind of agrees and shows him the process of composing a song. Aaron eventually lets it slip that he's he's still in love with her and would like to reconcile in the song, I Miss the Music. Aww. After that, Georgia and the cast then hold a dress rehearsal for the big saloon number, That Away. And to everyone's surprise, Georgia actually starts pulling everything off. Oh. And everyone is finally starting to believe that they actually have a shot of, of making this show happen and having it be decent. Nice. This time, Frank comes forward with some actual information on the investigation instead of uh, show notes. 
And he tells everyone that he's figured out that Sydney has been blackmailing every member of the show into working <laughs> for him. Oh. He's got dirt on everybody. Uh-oh. So while this information is being brought forward to everybody, Billing kind of interrupts the scene and requests to rework the ending pose of the song. So while everybody's trying to reset the scene, the curtains close, and all of a sudden, Sydney is rung up with a curtain rope tied around his neck. Ah! Bum, bum, bum! Oh no! The man who has dirt on everybody is now... Da, da, da. Dead. And yeah, that's how Act 1 ends. Oh, another, another murder. Suspenseful murder. Two murders in one act. Wow, that's so many. <laughs> We've <Wow>. seen <laughs> so many shows with so I, many uh, murders. I know, I can't even like say with a straight face. Cause, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely on the low end for us. <laughs> but yeah, we are through Act 1. How are y'all feeling about the show? It's definitely along the lines of what I imagined for a comedy murder murder uh-huh. musical. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm not surprised by it. I do like the premise. And the music is is interesting too. I have listened to this one. Yeah, the music's the music's alright. It's nothing like, oh my god, crazy. No. It's entertaining. It's not bad. Uh, no, there's, definitely de- entertaining. there's like a lot of characters. Yes. For this I'm like keeping track of. I know we've covered some in the past that I've had a lot of characters too, but yeah, it's it's all right so far. It's it's funny to see Frank be like way more invested in the show than this <laughs> actual murder investigation. Yes, and I I do just like David Hyde Pierce just across the board. So that's oh yeah, he just that's nice. Oozes charisma. Charisma. Pretty good time. I mean, I'm always a fan of the like show within a show. Just because I like the whole meta feel. Yeah. So like, I like when shows try to tackle that. Because it's just interesting to watch, I think. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of those two. Just to see how they do it. Yeah. It plays well into the murder mystery theme. Yeah. For a show within a show. It's pretty good. Feels like Clue, in a way. It does, yeah, it does kind of feel like Clue. But with music. Doo-doo-doo. Ooh. Alrighty. Uh, who's going to take the intermission? Amber is. I exist. <laughs> Molière, the French actor and playwright who suffered from pulmonary tuberculosis, died after being seized by a violent coughing fit while playing the title role in his play Les Malades Imaginaires, or The Hypochondriac. <laughs> uh, however, he did not die on stage as he was able to finish the play. All right. But he did die a few minutes later at his home. The superstition that green brings bad luck to actors is said to originate from the color of the clothing he was wearing at the time of his death. Big oops. Oof. Hey, at least I got to finish the yeah, show. Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> Alright. That's dedication. But also cracks me up that it took place during the show The Hypochondriac. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but that's pretty great. <laughs> Who says theater doesn't have a sense of humor? Right. And yeah, I'm not sure if we've covered that fact or not, but if we have, we apologize, because we forget. <laughs> but hey, if you already knew it, we're just refreshing your memory, so... Yes. Yeah. You you definitely forgot. Mm-hmm. We didn't. <laughs> okay, so, act two. What what puns what puns you got rattling around? Gonna draw back the curtains on act two? I mean, I guess. That one's pretty... I guess. I guess. Alright. We'll allow it. Do you think of something... <laughs> No. <laughs> Let's solve the case in Act Two. 
Let's do it. Alrighty, so, act two begins with Sasha, the conductor of the show, reveals that Sydney's hanging was fatal. And then we oh no. The man is dead. Where, hey, guess what? A man is dead. What? Impossible. And with this, each member of the company is now growing more paranoid by the hour, and they begin suspecting each other during various periods of the night. I mean, yeah. The song, He Did It, which is also kind of a funny song, because as soon as anybody brings up any little piece of information, the whole crowd jumps over to, oh yeah, they definitely did it. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> so Frank returns from the coroners and uh, has a report and tells everybody that Sydney was actually knocked out before being tied up. Everyone is still a suspect, but Frank is more focused on whether the show will be ready or not. I gotta get everybody <laughs> focused. Got a big night. Listen, it's got priorities. Nikki finds a death threat for Sydney, stating that he will die unless he closes the show. And Oscar reveals that Sydney died for nothing then, because he was actually going to comply to these demands. And he's going as far uh, as far as giving back the last checks he made out. And he's really dedicated to like closing out this show. Hmm. And Carmen actually takes all these back, though, and says that she's going to keep the show going, dang it. Because the show must go on. Dag nabbit. The show will continue until morale improves. <laughs> Aaron previews his new version of In the Same Boat, now featuring Bobby, Randy, and Harv, and the song In the Same Boat 2. And Frank, you know, is still not satisfied. The ultimate critic here. The, the, the detective. The detective, you know. Bambi asks that a pas de deux be added for herself and Bobby during the show's square dance number. Carmen agrees, but she insists that she's no stage mother, as her duty has always been to the box office. Yeah. And the song, it's a business. So she's all about the money. Money, money, money. She's the Mr. Krabs of the show. <laughs> Daryl Grady then comes in and tells everyone that he's taking interviews from the cast in the green room. At the rehearsal of the restaged square dance number, Bambi and Bobby are doing incredibly well, and everyone is impressed. However, towards the end of the number, Bobby is shot and left wounded in oh. the arm. Ah. The song, Kansas Land. There's just so much crazy shit happening in this show. Yes. You'd think they would stop, but Frank says no. <laughs> you, you can't now. I mean, people have died. You gotta finish it. So, Frank, actually doing some investigative work and through the use of angles, Quickly figures out that Carmen was actually the target of the shot and not Bobby. Uh-oh. just happened to be in the dang way. Dang it, Bobby. And Nikki ends up coming forward with the gun, and the company immediately jumps to the conclusion that she is guilty. And the song, she did it, reprise. Well. I guess, I mean, she did come up with a gun. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would be suspicious too. She says that she innocently found the gun backstage and hands it over, albeit after accidentally pulling the trigger and almost <laughs> killing Frank. Jesus. This girl has zero gun discipline. <laughs> Trigger discipline, I should say. Mm-hmm. She's a big dumbo. Frank <laughs> gathers Aaron, Georgia, and Bobby and tells them that Sydney had no blackmail, blackmail material on them, and yet they were still content for working for such low pay. Something's fishy mm-hmm. going on there. Fishy. Georgia then quotes a death threat which Frank hadn't read out loud, leading Frank to arrest her when Aaron attempts to take the blame for kind of reviving their romance. Oh. Kind of tries to, like, sacrifice himself, but Frank's like, what is happening? <laughs> but we do get the song Thinking of Him and I Miss the Music reprise, so a little bit of a little bit of a mashup song. I tend to like those a lot. Yeah. So Frank kind of reveals that 
some of this has all just been an act. And Bobby's only been pretending to be George's boyfriend so that she could stir something up back in Aaron. That oh. there are better ways to motivate yeah. a person than pure heated jealousy. Yes. So she leaves and Bobby confesses that he does love Georgia, though, even though it's kind of a ruse. And he'd do anything for her, even commit murder. Uh-oh. Is it Bobby? Who knows? No one knows. <laughs> Nikki is now kind of lamenting how love makes people feel bad. But Frank begins kind of flirting with her and reminiscing about the first time he saw her on stage, leading them to an elaborate fancy sequence in which they daydream about being a couple in a musical. <laughs> and the song, A Tough Act to Follow. That's kind of kind of cute, I guess, if it wasn't for all the murder. <laughs> Should be the title of uh, their show within a show. It'd yeah. be cute if there weren't murders. <laughs> He then confronts Nikki about a coded memo in Sydney's blackmail book, and there being a strange black zero next to her name. Hmm. It uh, wasn't matching up with anybody else's, so some weird secret hidden message going on there. Uh-oh. Later on, Johnny tells Frank that he knows the secret. <gasps> he knows who the murderer is, but he refuses to tell Frank what it is. Of course. Yep, that's that's smart. Um, and then, of course, he tells him, I know this information. And then he gets shot while alone on stage. Cool. That, yeah, that, that sounds that about right, yeah. During his death throes, he tears out a page from his notebook, reading, Drop in Planet Earth, and then bleeds out. And, the, and then we get the song, In the Same Boat, number three, which is just kind of a very brief little number. Frank takes Nikki and Belling up into the theater's catwalk, high above the stage. While searching for more weird hidden messages, the back of the uh, drops, he announces that he has actually solved the mystery. Well, don't say that too loudly. He'll die. Well, yeah. Well, because, yeah, he says he solved it, and then, lo and behold, something bad happens. He gets hit with a sandbag. Oh, And he begins geez. tumbling down. Though he does narrowly escape death by uh, clutching onto a prop when kind of getting lowered to safety. Uh, when on the ground, he exclaims to everybody that he solved it. He knows how to stage in the same boat now. He knows how to figure out this song. <laughs> That's the mystery he solved. Oh my god. It's the important thing here, obviously. His great idea is actually putting all three versions with all the cast singing into the same song. And it becomes this grand show-stopping number and we get in the same boat complete. All right. All three of the previous ones being sung at the same time. With the number completed, Frank tells Nikki that he uh, has a plan to solve the murder. You know, the thing he's actually supposed to be doing. Wild. <laughs> Frank asks the cast to restage the bows from when Jessica was murdered. The cast quickly notice that Georgia is only offered one bouquet rather than two, like on opening night. <gasps> Frank figures out that the murderer hit a pellet gun with a cyanide capsule inside the bouquet. And was disguised as an usher. That's what actually killed Jessica. Because that's how cyanide works. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Bobby suddenly comes on stage with a bloody head and collapses. And everybody realizes that the masked Robin Hood standing on stage is fake. Uh-oh. And, uh, yeah, Frank starts to kind of piece stuff together. And he announces that the zero and the drop in planet Earth both represent a globe. The Boston <gasps> Globe. Oh. And he finally solves the case. The murder is the Boston Globe critic himself, Dale Grady. All um, right. What? 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's when he takes off his mask, because he is not actually Robin Hood, he's the bad guy. Oh. And he holds a knife to Nikki's neck, threatening to kill her so that Frank can't marry her. Huh. What? <laughs> what? He reveals that he himself is actually in love with Nikki and doesn't want her to move, so he decided he would do anything to stop the show from going to Broadway. Oh Demands my. that Frank give him his gun on his holster, which he does do. He complies. Then when Daryl tries to shoot Frank, it's revealed that the gun wasn't loaded to begin with. <laughs> but guess what? He's got another gun. Frank takes out another gun from his jacket and officially arrests Daryl. Sure. Because you, you gotta worry about the second gun. The tiny gun. Uh. So, when he was trying to arrest him, Carmen actually pulls the trap door uh, from, from the stage and leaves Daryl to fall below the stage. And that is where Frank's colleague, Detective O'Farrell, officially grabs him, takes him into custody, and the cast and direction is uh, relieved that the murder is finally solved. Yay! Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> but, but this story isn't over, folks. Oh. Frank privately confronts Carmen. She admits that she was the one who actually killed Sydney. Oh. Carmen has been secretly acting on behalf of Bambi, belittling Bambi in public so nobody would know how much support she was actually putting into Bambi's career, while pretending to be unsupportive so Bambi would have to work to get ahead rather than rely on nepotism. All right. She wants her daughter to move on to Broadway, but Sydney was going to close the show. Couldn't let that happen, so a man's gotta die because of it. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. And Frank, being a connoisseur of the arts, agrees to wait until after the show's Broadway opening to turn her in. And tells her uh. that, with the right lawyer, she could easily be acquitted for what is surely justifiable homicide. Nope. Nope. I don't, I don't think... That's not how that don't works. I don't think so. Even if somebody has blackmail, I don't think that's justifiable. No. But then again, this is also, like, in the 60s. True, so who knows? <laughs> Carmen tells Frank that while his duty may be to the police, his heart will always be on stage, and that he will always be one of them. And so, uh, show people reprise. Ah, yep. And uh, Billing eventually comes on and notifies that with Bobby's head injuries, uh, he will not be able to perform tonight. Ah! But... Fret not, for Frank is there, because he's the star <laughs> of this show. Yeah. So the show begins to do its reopening, and Georgia is now made Marion, and Frank has now replaced Bobby as Robin Hood. And tough act to follow has become the new finale of the show. And Frank proposes to Nikki during the show's final scene, to which she accepts, and the stage becomes a celebration. And we get the song, A Tough Act to Follow, reprise. Wow. That's the end of the uh -huh. show. Uh-huh. That was so much. <laughs> There's a lot that happened. Also, why they begin engaged after they've known each other for like a day. Mm -hmm. Because this is show business. This whole show makes me think of like a friend group fan fiction. <laughs> yeah um someone was just like me and my friends are in the show and there's murder and like and love and happy ending i don't i don't know it just doesn't <laughs> feel real like what is the purpose of the show what what, what lesson purpose? is there what why what <laughs> the show must go on no here. no it shouldn't <laughs> that's that's it that's the only thing you should learn from this <laughs> the show must go on 
murders and all. <laughs> oh my god. I like murder mysteries as much as the next person, but this just... I don't know. I don't... It doesn't hit what I wanted doesn't it to drive. hit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely interesting uh, and weird. Like, the music is catchy enough that, like, it wasn't painful to listen to or anything. It was just one of those shows that I'm like, okay. <laughs> this This exists. The show is fine to listen to. Trying to follow everything that wasn't, like, fully in the show is a bit of a headache. Yes. As you can kind of tell, because there's just a lot of things that happen right towards the end that are just kind of like, what? Huh? <laughs> I'm, what? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Not, not bad. Definitely not, not no. the worst thing I've ever covered. Definitely not the worst thing you've ever covered. By far. Yeah. But definitely an odd different. one. Yeah. Definitely odd, and I don't imagine we'll see this one pop up. I'd, I've never seen it pop up in, like, other theaters, like, locally or anything. Yeah. It's just a bizarre one. But if it did pop up, I would be curious enough to see how they wrangle everything that happens. Yeah. But it's not on the top of my list. And yeah, I, I haven't seen this show, so there might be some little tidbits little that nuances. we might have missed out on that might make the show, you know... Very enjoyable. I can understand how it kind of came out to, like, mixed reviews. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And obviously, I guess the cast, the original Broadway cast, really carried a lot. As in, you know, got a lot of award nominations. And then David Hyde Pierce, obviously, was killing it in his role. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, not, not bad. There's definitely a couple songs, like, I wouldn't mind throwing on to, like, a, a show tunes playlist. Right. Yeah, there's a couple, of, like, they, they do jive, you know, but... Yeah, again, like, the whole show is kind of, but not too shabby. Good job, Matt. Yeah. And that's it. We did it. That's the show. That's the curtain call. Wow. (laughs) Our curtain call is our uh, after-the-fact little little tidbits for everybody. So, be sure to like and subscribe to us wherever you are listening to podcasts. This will ensure that you get our episodes as soon as they are posted. And also, if you're on Apple, please leave us a five-star review. And just, you know, be a nice critic. Don't be one of those... Murdery ones? Those evil, murdery <laughs> ones that... Yeah. But any any kind of great review like that helps boost us uh, in the metrics, and we always like that. Yes. You can also now leave reviews on Spotify. Hello. So please leave <laughs> us a five-star review there as well. Yes, yeah, super excited about that. Of course, one of the best ways to help us is through word of mouth. So please tell your friends, your family, your coworkers, anybody you're in a show with currently. That'd actually be, I mean, that's not even a joke. That'd be really cool. Yeah. If, like you're in a show and you told your friends. Like, get the whole cast listening. Mm-hmm. If you guys are doing curtains, especially, because I'm curious how you guys would make it work. Maybe you have blackmail on everybody, and you can just force them to come listen to it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't... Yep. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we really appreciate it so we can get a wider audience, and we can get out there to more people. Heck yeah, because we're pretty cool, and you're pretty cool, so of course you can reach out to us and chat us up and all that fun jazz. So you can email us at savemanasseat at gmail.com. Or you can find us all over the interwebs. We're on Twitter at Save and Alice Seat. We're on Facebook at Save Me and Alice Seat. We're on Instagram at Save Me and Alice Seat. And we're on YouTube under the Ragtag Network. We're all over the place. Do, 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 do. 
But yeah, we really appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you want to see more shows and more things that we are doing, you can go to our website. That's www.ragtagnetwork.com. It's where you can kind of keep track of the things that we've got going on, including other shows that we're part of and other things that, that, that we have. So uh, go check that out. But I believe that will wrap us up for this episode of Save Me and I'll See. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Aisle Seat. If you'd like to support us, you can check out our Ko-Fi at www.ko-fi.com slash ragtag network. For more episodes and shows like this, go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. This show is brought to you by the Ragtag Network.